Hello, hello, Mediaverse members, and welcome to Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Max Taff, and I'm joined by my sensational co-host, Megan Spangler. This week is our Women's History Month episode, where we will be covering Marvel's latest Disney Plus docuseries celebrating our favorite leading ladies, Empower, toxic masculinity in the Marvel fandom, and our thoughts on the upcoming female-centered Marvel projects. This is a juicy episode and we are not okay. Let's dive in. <laughs> I'd say spicy. Ooh, yes, very spicy, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, so let's kick it off by discussing Empower. Uh, Megan, what were your thoughts overall on the show? What did you think? I really liked it. I liked that they actually had the leading cast members, the leading actresses, come and talk to us because usually it's just a supporting one so that was that was really cool i will say the wakanda forever one was kind of over underwhelming i think it's just because i watched the wakanda forever assembled episode recently so it wasn't like anything new uh. but i will say the captain marvel one if you're not a fan of hers that could change your mind that was that was a really good one it was good. That was a good one. I will agree with you. I did find the Wakanda Forever one underwhelming, especially what I noticed was they didn't show any clips from Black Panther 2 from Wakanda Forever. Uh, we called it Wakanda Forever, but really it's the Black Panther segment. I really think it's because this was probably filmed while they were making it. Because mm. that's what I assumed. I mean, I found that odd that they chose not to um, cho- include Wakanda Forever footage in that, especially because it is on Disney Plus now. So it would have been a good tie in. So I did find that kind of weird. But I will say when it comes to the Black Panther episode, I did find some interesting stuff. Like I learned a lot about the actress who plays Ao. Her name is Florence Kasumba, and she is just like incredible. I didn't realize she was from Germany. There were so many things that I learned about her in that episode. I know. I had no idea. So she's kind of been in the spot of being foreign multiple times in her life in different places. That's really wild to me. I found that really cool. I mean, when she kind of got into her life story a bit and was talking about like how she's moved around and this and that and, you know, her struggles and things, I thought it was really captivating stuff. I will say um, I, I knew she had an accent, but when she said Germany, like she's from she's from Somewhere in Africa, I believe. And then she moved to Germany, uh, I guess, when she was young. But and when I Very finally, like when she said that, like her accent clicked to me. And I was like, oh, it does sound kind of like a German accent that she has going on when she yeah. speaks English. Yeah, that got me too. Because I was like, I love, uh, she sounds beautiful. I'm not saying anything against her accent, but I was like, that's just so oh, yeah. peculiar. Like, what, what is that? And that, that explained a lot to me. I thought that was really cool. Um, I enjoyed learning more about her specifically, especially when you think about how you know, going back to Civil War, she was like the original Dora Milaje that was portrayed on screen. I mean, Okoye wasn't in the picture yet. You know, Nakia wasn't part of things yet. This was just her and Chadwick being introduced back way back then. She was kind of like the original. And I thought that was really cool. I, I'm glad I got to learn about her. And I'm happy that she's being um, focused on a lot more. Like she definitely had a lot more to do in um, Wakanda Forever. And she also got her, her role in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I thought that was really cool. And I really, I like her a lot. And she's gorgeous. I agree. I love her accent. She's gorgeous. Plus, she had way more to do with Wakanda Forever than we realized because of how many scenes they cut. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I will say, though, Lupita Nyong'o has a special place in my heart. I don't know what it is about that woman. She's another one who's absolutely dropped out gorgeous. And she's so interesting because she's another one that's moved around a lot. Like, she's from... Mexico. She grew up in Africa. She's come to the States now to work and act. And, you know, she's 
made this incredible career for herself. I don't know. I'm obsessed with her. I, I, I was disappointed when she didn't come in for Infinity War Endgame, but then they kind of explained that in Wakanda forever. So I'm really excited to see where these ladies go. I mean, I definitely find the women of Wakanda to be some of the strongest in the MCU uh, for multiple reasons, not only just because the Dora Milaje are badass female warriors, <laughs> which is something I've never seen in a in a comic book movie before or in any, it really, it's not touched upon very often in any sort of film. So I think that was really, it was groundbreaking and incredible and they're awesome. I highly, highly agree. What did you think about the um, Scarlet Witch episode? Well, you know, Wanda has a special place in my heart. She like, she owns me. Um, <laughs> I will always love her. Um, but I will say, I think that the the topics of like mental health that were brought up in that episode, like especially Wanda's mental health, I feel like were really important and they were very well done. I feel like we definitely got a lot of different um, emotions in WandaVision, especially when Wanda's going through her different phases of of grief and she's dealing with all these different things that she's been putting off for so long and just finally catching up to her when she has that like just breakdown and creates this whole community of Westview, New Jersey, where she's like yeah. the ringleader of this crazy circus and I mean, I just think that her journey through the MCU leading up to that point and even Doctor Strange has just been such a roller coaster, I would say. Yeah, I maybe I'm the only one that didn't notice that each episode was about the stages of grief. I did not realize that. And I was like, you sneaky little snakes. I had no idea. And then they got a real grief counselor to come in and talk to them through the stages and go. The fact that they did all that homework on it just sits well in my soul you're absolutely right every episode was kind of like a different phase a different emotion that wanda was having to like carry these different um decades that they were portraying and i think that it was it was just so well done it's one of my all-time favorite um mcu projects my definitely my favorite um mcu streaming series and i yeah. just i don't know wanda's just been with us for so long now i feel like her her journey that we've seen starting from her introduction in that post credit scene, you know, and then seeing her kind of fleshed out in Age of Ultron and then seeing her come back in Civil War and just seeing her character development as like a supporting character off to the side, watching her grow and then culminate in WandaVision, culminate, you know, in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. She's been with us for so long. She's been playing this, you know, Elizabeth Olsen has been playing this character for so long. And I feel like people don't give her enough credit for like how long she had to wait to finally get her moment in the sun because it was like she was always kind of like a background character or a side character. She was never the main focus. And now I'm happy to see she's getting that chance to shine. I do think it has to do that. We saw so much character development. Every time we saw her, we were with her with the death of her brother, with Vision, with Vision coming back and Vision going again and her kids. And it's like every part of her somehow you can relate to you can relate to feeling like the outsider like this is your fault this happened because of you your parents are gone you only have this one person you don't have them anymore you lost your kids you lost this everything was in your head you can relate to at least some point of wanda and you do see that one point develop and i think that's why we're all so attached to her because we do see something of ourselves in her and the way out how outlandish she acts when she takes over Westview. It's like, uh, I'd probably do the same, though. Try to take my husband and kids. <laughs> I, I might do the same if I had those powers. Just take over the entire world just for your husband yeah. and kids. Yeah, Y'all better look I mean, out. 
<laughs> I definitely think that a lot of Wanda's struggles were made to be very relatable. I mean, in a fantastical kind of way, there you're right. There is like something that you can find, like identify with her trials and tribulations that I feel like all of us can definitely like link to. I just feel like especially, you know, when you talk about like the female space and you talk about, you know, the struggles that women go through and you you kind of like match up those emotions and those things. It's not unrealistic at all. I mean, taking away the powers and the fantastical elements of it. I, I don't think that Wanda's story is unrealistic at all. I mean, exactly what you said. Take away, you know, people I love and, you know, who who knows what you're capable of in those situations. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, just give us powers and see what will happen. But what did you think about the Captain Marvel episode? Well, I guess it's Captain Marvel slash the Marvels episode because it was all of them. Yeah, I mean, I I loved it. I mean, you know me. I love, I like Brie Larson. I think she's really cool. I really like Captain Marvel as a character. I, Captain Marvel is one of my favorite MC movies. I know it's like a hot button topic to a lot of people, <laughs> um, which we're going to get into a little bit later when we start discussing toxic masculinity, toxicity in the Marvel fandom. But I will say I did. I really enjoyed it. It's one of my comfort watches. I don't know if it's like the 90s vibe, the fact that Coulson's in it. Uh, there's a bunch of different things that I really love about that particular movie that lead me to like, oh, you know, want to watch it over and over again. But I will say I, I, I love the fact that they talked about how strong Brie was without getting to like the nitty gritty of how she is treated like online. Sometimes I feel like they kind of were able to like talk about like, oh, you know, she does this. She's strong. She you know, she works harder than anybody else on set. She's there like fight training. She's working out like a fiend, which is true. If you follow Brie Larson on social media, you see she's very dedicated to her workouts in relation to playing Captain Marvel. She's always posting workout videos and she is in great shape. And I think that, you know, her character was just very misunderstood in the movie by some people. So I think that's probably where a lot of the hatred and toxicity around her movie come from. I mean, what do you think, Megan? Well, as someone who did not like the movie, and it took a few watches for me to appreciate it, but when I saw her in Endgame, that won me over. So when I watched the whole episode about it, it, it gave me a better appreciation for her. She did everything she could have done. No matter what she would have done, this movie would have been hated. It's the fact that, you know, when you look at what that movie has done, 50% of the number of females that have signed up to be in the Air Force Academy, it went up 50%. That That is insane and incredible and amazing. They even brought in the first female fighter pilot to model Captain Marvel after. Her name is Jeannie Leavitt, and she is the first female fighter pilot. And I feel like that doesn't get enough anything. Like, no one's talking about that. Mm -hmm this incredible movie that has made such a huge impression on the female audience, on the female fan base, just gets hated so much because you don't like the actress. That That's just wild. You could write off an entire movie just because of that. I will say when they did bring like the, you know, that those Air Force statistics up, I was I was kind of floored because you're right. That's a that's a big increase. And, and it's incredible that such a strong female character like Captain Marvel is actually making real world changes, doing real world good and encouraging women to, you know, to pursue careers in the Air Force, to pursue careers 
where men have dominated in the past. And I think that that's, that's wonderful. I think it's, it, it truly proves the point that that movie had a fantastic message. And shout out to Jeannie for being the first female Air Force pilot. Yes. That's amazing. You freaking badass. Look at you. And she's not even bragging. That's just amazing. I'm just so happy. Round of applause. Round of applause for Jeannie. Round of applause. <laughs> so let's move on to um, the Gamora Guardians of the Galaxy themed episode um, talking about the women of Guardian, you know, and I know they addressed, you know, a lot about Zoe Saldana, who I am a huge fan of. I absolutely love her. I think she's incredible from A to Z and another one who I'm obsessed with. I was surprised by a lot of what I learned about her because I, you know, as a fan of hers, I thought, you know, I knew quite a bit, but she really went into her like story and how she has these sisters and how her sisters helped to establish that connection with Karen Gillan and Nebula. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, I like, of course, you assume that they're all like all really close. They work a lot together. They got to know each other. Mm -hmm. You realize they were they had the sisterly bond and they all said it in such a passion. It's like clearly they're not just saying it. Women do have to stick together in this genre of movie. It's a comic book. Look at Brie Larson. She is alone in that. Of course, they're going to cling together. And it's a beautiful thing. And I think they're all amazing. It is. I really liked seeing this side of Zoe Saldana. She's so just so everyone knows, she produced the whole show. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't was know really that. pleased she that she it? got. Yeah, that's amazing. So I was really pleased because I thought when she produced, I was like, oh, she ain't going to give herself any time. But she did. And I'm happy for her. Me, too. I feel like, you know, as the fact that Zoe Saldana is in like, what is it like the like four or five of the highest grossing movies like of all time? Like she's <laughs> she's killing it. I mean, that speaks volumes about her, at least her ability to pick projects because she knows how to pick them. Let me tell you, that's that's very impressive. I thought that was really interesting about about her sisters and the sisterhood and, and, and how she was able to like kind of connect with Karen Gillan, who was talking about how she didn't have sisters. So she didn't have that. But yet how her, close her and Zoe got on set and how she learned so much from her when it came to like fighting and stunt choreographing and how she at the, at the beginning, she didn't know anything about all that. And then at the end, she said, I, I'm, I'm like quite good at it now. And I thought that was really cool <laughs> because when you think about Karen Gillan's past, I mean, she she really did come from more of like a comedy background. So when I learned that she had been cast as Nebula, it seems like it's a very dry character and that's just not her personality at all. So she really is a great actress as well. And I, I really respect these two ladies for bringing that strength to these roles because both Nebula and Gamora are both really tough. Like they're people you don't want to mess with no matter who you are. So I really doubted that she was going to do a great job until I saw I think she unveiled that she shaved her head completely at a Comic-Con I think it was yes. that's when I was like okay it's going to be good she's she's fully in like that takes that takes balls I'm not going to lie to you yeah man she really did that and I remember when that happened because I was a fan of her from from when she was in Doctor Who and I had been following her career after that ever since she left the show and um, I just thought when she came to Comic-Con and she was like, whoosh, like whipped that wig off. I was like, whoa, <laughs> she's bald. She's bald AF. Like she didn't play around. <laughs> she, she really committed. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Golly, she, she's better than me. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Marvel does not miss with their casting. Like every time uh-uh. I've doubted, I've always been proven uh-uh. wrong. Every time. So I just quit doubting it. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that I found really interesting and something that I hadn't considered, you know, in the past until it was brought to my attention in the episode was the fact that Nebula is so inspiring to a lot of disabled women. 
And I had no idea. Okay, maybe it's because I'm not disabled or it's just not talked about enough. And I'm hoping it's the second one. But I had no idea. I never thought of it that way. And I was like, that's that's wholesome and amazing. And that's another thing does not get talked about enough. As much as I imagine how it would be to live like a certain way or to, you know, in a different way than I do. It's it's hard because you'll never know 100% what other people go through, what their experiences are. And I feel like them highlighting this particular aspect of things really opened my eyes and clearly yours too, to how like important that is. And on top of that, like, you know, when you're watching these things in theaters and like you said, like, you know, when you're not disabled, you don't know the struggles and you don't know how those things go. You don't know how prosthetics work and things like that. And, and you just think when I'm watching those things on in the movie theater or in, on my TV screen, I'm thinking, oh, she's got like a really cool robotic arm that she's just, you know, like fixing and doing stuff to. But then to someone else who actually lives that day to day and they see that on screen, it, it's so important to them. And it really, you know, showcases how valuable that inclusivity and just showing those different things, especially in a popular franchise like Marvel, it really gets you going and gets you thinking about those differences and, and appreciating different parts of life in a new way. It's just another time of Marvel giving that awareness that you didn't know was needed yes that part got me i don't cry i don't cry at shows i don't cry at movies but that part i was like god here it comes to be honest with you i think that zoe saldana's episode was like my favorite one of the bunch and and that's saying something because i i didn't think that was going to be interesting at all i hate to say it i hate to admit it i was like oh guardians you know i love guardians i love the cast but for some reason i just wasn't as excited for that one as compared to the other ones and that one really blew me away well we did a poll in our group, mm-hmm. on our Facebook group. And so it was 25% were, they favored the women of Wakanda forever. 25% were for the Captain Marvel episode. 36% was for Scarlet Witch. And 14 was for Gamora. And I was like, what? That is, um, that is wild. I didn't, I did not expect, wow. I thought it would be like 90% Scarlet Witch because it's the Scarlet Witch. So that was very surprising to me. I will say, I think Elizabeth Olsen really killed it as Scarlet Witch, especially in Doctor Strange. Oh, God, um, yeah. When they revealed that she's actually the villain, I, like, lost that. That was such a cool twist for them to pull, and I, I really loved it. That was It's honestly one of my favorite MCU films. Her performance is one of the main reasons why. So it's not surprising that I see 36% for her, especially since, you know, her movie was one of the last ones that came out. I mean, I, I am surprised. That Captain Marvel and um, the women of Wakanda forever kind of tied, though. I thought that was interesting. I'm always confused when they tie completely because it's like so many people voted. It's just such an odd thing to happen. I was really excited. I felt bad for Gamora's episode. I was like, nah. All right. It just seemed like some people were like, I made it to this episode and then I just didn't watch. So I'm hoping that's the reason. But maybe we should all watch the Gamora episode again and, you know, give it another chance. So let's talk about how this was only a four episode thing. And I feel like they left out someone pretty important to the MCU that should have gotten an entire episode of their own. Uh, I'm talking about Scarlett Johansson, a.k.a. Black Widow. I feel like she was totally snubbed from this docuseries. I mean, I feel like if anyone should have been showcased, it would have been her. What do you think? I think it's because I looked at it as it was the future of the MCU. So that's why they all got their own episode but that's everyone's biggest issue right now that's what i'm seeing is everyone's mad about that because she was the first female she was the first badass avengers everything 
I mean, I think it's fair to say that it doesn't get more badass than Black Widow. I mean, I honestly wonder to myself, was she like excluded on purpose because of the lawsuit she had with Disney over, you know, her wage disputes with Black Widow? That's kind of something that's where my mind went to it, because I feel like they could have totally done a Black Widow episode where she got to, you know, come in and talk about her experiences in this fandom and in, in this universe. And I feel like they could have had Florence Pugh come in. They could have had Rachel Weisz come in um, to talk about her character in Black Widow. They could have done a whole I feel they could have done had a very meaty episode in store for us. And they just didn't. OK, so you brought up a really good point because I was thinking it's about the future. But why wasn't Florence Pugh there then? Exactly. Was there an entire episode made and just wasn't shown? Or is this in the lawsuit she made sure they're not making any more money off her? Because her lawsuit was with Disney Plus, right? Well, I think that it was with the whole company. I feel like she was suing the entire Disney Corporation because of, you know, they were not paying her adequately due to the fact they released her film on streaming. Yeah. And I will say, I feel like even that was kind of a badass move. When you take on one of the <laughs> biggest companies in the world and you know you're you're damn right because let's face it i mean she is a is a powerhouse actress and to have her wa wages cut like that because they didn't pay her adequately due to the fact that it was released on streaming instead of getting those box office sales i just don't think that was fair and i i kind of will admit that i do agree with her in that case because it, put any of us in her shoes and, you know, when someone messes with your check, man, that is the worst. That's when you don't mess around at all. I mean, I don't think I saw anyone disagree with her unless they didn't know, unless they were the people who didn't read the article and just wanted to comment. Those are the people that <sighs> disagreed with her. The people who read the article or any kind of article about her were like, I would do the same thing as I 100% would. That's a boss move. Good for her. That just goes to show being strong and standing up for yourself in this world is something that's so necessary sometimes. I'm proud of her. It was a good example to set because that helps the next person that it happens to. Hopefully it doesn't. But if it does, she set an example for them. I will say that I think that that, that was a game changer for the industry. I can imagine that that sent off ripples because a lot of actresses were siding with her and, and agreeing and, and they're probably pushing for that in contracts now. We support you, Scarlett. We're here for you. Always Black Widow for yes. life. I would kill for her to come back. Oh you have God. no idea. I do, but I don't. For me, it's like it's hard to bring back a character that died doing the right thing because I feel like it does somewhat diminish their death. Like everyone wants to bring back Tony Stark. That's that's hard on me because I'm like, you know, he had such a full character arc. Let's not add to it. You know, he he died doing a hero thing. I can see it from that perspective as well. Um, I, and I do kind of have to agree. I guess certain characters, when they meet an end like that, it's so noble that you don't want to ruin their legacy. <laughs> but what I will say is that, you know, Tony Stark, I feel like he sacrificed himself, you know, willingly for the universe. He knew what he was doing. He accepted those consequences when he snapped his fingers and knew he probably wouldn't live to see his daughter grow up. Um, I feel like with Natasha, it was kind of like, one of those moments where they kind of show up to get the soul stone and then the <laughs> Red Skull is like, oh, one of you has to die. And they're like, what? <laughs> so yeah. I feel like her death was something that it felt like, like wronged. Like, why would they do that to Natasha? Like, even if it was Clint, like, why would they do it to that character? I feel like their sacrifice was so noble. But at the same time, you know, maybe this kind of plays into how, you know, the industry treats female characters versus male characters. Natasha just showed up to get the soul stone. No idea she was going to die. And then immediately was like, Clint has to get to his family. I will do this for you. 
So it's like they both died a noble death, but for me, hers felt more emotional because she didn't think about it one time. Tony, he wasn't even going to do it. He wasn't even going to try to figure out how to go back in time because of his daughter, Morgan. But she gave it all without blinking. And it's like you said, Tony got this huge death scene that he had a funeral. She didn't have a funeral. Yeah. And then his even played into Spider-Man No Way Home. And hers, all she's gotten since then is the uh, new Black Widow, Yelena, looking for some justice for her. And then she has a slight tattoo on the back of Thor's back with her name on it. That's all she's gotten. And let's be honest, if Natasha had, you know, hadn't died, let's say she was still in the MCU, she would absolutely be a member of the Thunderbolts with Yelena and the rest of them. I feel like they would, that would be such a natural place for her to be. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a variant of her in the future, like maybe Kang pulls out a Black Widow variant (laughs) from somewhere in the multiverse to kind of like fight Yelena. That, That would be juicy, don't you think? Oh my God, I am not okay. I love that. I am not okay. Let's talk toxic masculinity and actually general toxicity in the fandom. How has that ever impacted you, Megan? As a female who is a Marvel fan, how does it feel when you enter like, you know, a comment section? Or how does it feel when you go to interact with other fans? I'm going to try really hard not to curse because I know I'm going to get all jazzed up. So if I go do it, into... let loose. Oh, God, it's it's just I'm going to get toxic if I do. Um it's a scary place, to be honest with you, as a female who likes the same things as men. It's I've been called every word in the book. Just today, I got called snowflake. I got called names pertaining to as- assumptions of my political party. I have I got called just the worst things oh. because I took up for the new movie, The Marvels, that hasn't come out yet that someone called trash. And all I said was how do you know it's trash if it hasn't come out? And I got blessed out. And then he called really? me toxic. Yes, I got called toxic because I attacked him, allegedly. And that's how it is every time. I, for a really long time, did not post about Marvel. I did not comment about Marvel. I had nothing to... You wouldn't even know as a Marvel fan because of this stuff until I found this wow. group. And that just kind of opened the door to... A safe place. That's amazing. Yeah. It's terrifying that people can be so mean just because we're different genders. Can we all just stick up for the other? You're right. It's just so, it's so scary because it's like, would you say this to me in person? How would you react to me saying this to you? What would you do? And it's just so unneeded. We all just want to be fans. We just want to enjoy the fandom. Not once have I seen someone take up for another. I always do it. And then I invite them into our group because they clearly need a safe space. I feel like hearing Megan's experience and having similar experiences of my own um, as a gay man, it's truly just so important for us to have that space where people can feel welcome, can feel heard, can feel like they can talk about things without 20 different comments calling you every name in the book just because you have a difference of opinion on something. Um, I think it's just ridiculous. And I feel like it it shows a lot about the internet as a whole. Similar to what, you know, you went through. I felt like I've been in love with the MCU since I was in in high school, right? Um, 
So we're talking like Iron Man came out when I was maybe like in, in the end of middle school. Um, since then, I remember being in high school and feeling like I couldn't be into this because I felt like other guys wouldn't accept me. You know what I mean? I just felt like, like, oh, it's going to be like, they're not going to take me seriously. Like no one's going to want to talk to me about this. No one's going to want to include me in the discussion. I felt very unheard, very unseen. I kept it very under wraps. I was afraid of being labeled like a nerd or, you know, like being gay and liking things that are for boys. That was a big holdup for me. And like you said, I mean, when I discovered this group and joined and got involved and, and just felt like I could actually express myself and not feel like I was going to get like the beat down for having, you know, for having any sort of a voice at all. Um, it was really just it was a very enlightening moment. It gave me a ton of confidence. I feel like I, look how where we are now. We're recording, you know, a talk show based on the thing we love most. And we're doing it unapologetically. We're doing it with, you know, confidence. We're not afraid to be here. We deserve to take up this space. We deserve to enjoy these things. And we deserve to, you know, have our own thoughts discuss with others we have a right to have the voice you're right yeah and you know it's not 100 percent the same thing no but it's something people who are in the same position as don't have a voice they don't where are they gonna go comment sections no because that's a scary place for them and it's, it's like the worst yeah you know as a gay man how important feeling like you can relate to a character is because you haven't seen it much same with women. It's absolutely true. Both of us don't get that chance to really appreciate them without being called woke. I would like to say a newsflash uh -huh. to all you people who use the term woke. I hate you <laughs> with a passion. The fact that there's diversity now, you're writing it off as woke. That says a lot more about you than you think it does. Absolutely. It definitely says a lot more about the person like weaponizing the word woke. And yeah. that it does about the person being called woke. A lot of people have adapted that word in a lot of negative ways, when in reality, the whole definition of woke is just coming from a place of positivity and it's coming from a place of like enlightenment. Yeah. I just, I don't think it's an insult. It's something to be proud of. The fact that you're considerate of others, the fact that you're able to appreciate and respect other people's different opinions without having to get so like outrageous about it. I feel like that's a badge of honor you should wear. That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. Stan Lee himself was woke as hell. Yep. Don't say it's not like that in the comics. Yes, it is. It there is. are females, there are gays, there are people of different colors. All of it in the comics. Stop acting like it's brand new stuff just because it's not. No, it's not the Avengers that had the one token woman and all these males, white males. Mm -hmm. It's a different time. The MCU is diversifying, and that is an amazing, beautiful thing. It's reaching out to people who weren't, who don't have that ability to be, feel relatable something. It's true. I mean, a lot of minorities, a lot of people who have been marginalized are finally getting representation and seeing themselves, you know, in the TV screen, in these characters, in these stories. Um, they're getting those similar stories that are being told. And I think it's just, it's, it's wonderful. I love Kevin Feige's dedication to that. When you think about where the MCU started, you know, you're right. It was a group of like mainly cis, uh, straight white men with one woman, you know, Black Widow. And now, I mean, when you think about how far we've come, you've got, you know, projects like Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, 
The Marvels. The Marvels, Black Panther, Shang-Chi, like all these different mm-hmm. diverse stories being told. They come from the comics. These are not just made up people. These are stories that have been told for a long time. Let's talk about someone who I noticed takes a beating sometimes on social media from some of these toxic fans or fans. I put in quotation marks because anybody who's toxic towards someone in the MCU, like to that degree, is not a true Marvel fan. Um, let's discuss Brie Larson and the way that people have attacked her in the past that continue to attack her on like any little thing that she does based on stupid prejudice. It did change it for me. I did see that she genuinely was going through a lot. She was trying to find herself and figure out what she's meant for and what she's trying to do in this world and come to terms with herself. And I mean, I just I like it now. I like the 90s vibes. I like and I'm from a Air Force family. So you would think that I would just Mm. like it. But now it's like I appreciate it. And especially after the episode of her and Empower. I know a lot of people complain about Captain Marvel and they claim that it's wooden and that she's like stiff and you know, blah, 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 blah. But when you really break down Captain Marvel, I mean, you have this woman who is in the Air Force. She's trying to, you know, advance in a time where women were held back because they weren't allowed to fly planes. They weren't allowed to be in active combat. So she risks everything to be a part of this weird program with this weird woman who is a little (laughs) quirky, which is that um, Dr. Lawson in the film. She has no idea what's really going on. She's in this crash. She gets kidnapped by aliens, taken to another planet, Hala, where the Kree are from. And she has amnesia. She doesn't remember any of her past life. So when people say, oh, she's wooden, she's this and that. Well, what do you expect someone with amnesia? Like, How do you expect them to act? Like, She has no memory of her life. She has no memory of having friends or love or family. She's on this crazy, you know, in this alien world. She doesn't even know where she's from. It's like, do you, she's being trained even then to be like an active soldier, like using her powers to fight for the Kree. When it comes to like an army person, no matter in what movie you're watching, they're always a little bit more stoic, a little bit more serious. And I feel like she played that well. And you start to see throughout the movie, like, you know, as she gets her memories back, as she, you know, meets up with her friend that she hadn't seen in a million years and she starts to kind of remember, you see those little bits of her personality coming up because she has emotional attachments to connect with. And I feel like people completely missed that point in the movie. And like you said, you know, it took you a couple of watches before you were kind of like, oh, you flipped your perspective and you could see that aspect of things. You could see she has to be strong because she's being put through all this crazy shit. And it's like, you know, I mean, what do you expect from like from someone in that position? Right. Yeah, exactly. So we did a question for our Marvel group on Facebook. Have you ever dealt with the toxicity in the fandom? And it was really sad things to read. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not. I Uh thought it'd be like, yes. And this is how I dealt with it. Like the first one is from Lachine W. Hi, Lachine. First of all, he's amazing. His cosplay is nuts. It is incredible. He says the biggest toxicity I have encountered has been flat out racism for being a black cosplayer who dresses as non-traditionally black heroes. And I have found myself and wars to defend the LGBTQ community as well. I handle it by absolutely destroying the ignorant one by one. Wow, Lachine. Well, thank you for that. I I, I do appreciate you looking out for the little guy and, you know, standing up for those people. That's really amazing. And I'm sorry to hear that you've been through that because that really sucks. But honestly, sadly enough, it's not the first time I've heard that before. No, and it's sad because you can see that it's happened like in person when he's cosplayed. That's, that's sad. 
you know, I feel like so much of that, especially when you get stuff like in person, so much of that tends to come from like really severe jealousy. Like when you see someone else living their best life, pulling off an incredible cosplay, looking awesome, doing it, something that you would never do. And you you feel the need to go up and make a comment about like, oh, well, that character is not black usually. It's like, why? Like what? Like, who hurt you? Why are you doing that's, this to us? That's what I was going to say. Who Why? Are you? Leave us alone. <laughs> God. But onto a positive one. Ooh, good. This is from Joe B. Says, I handle toxicity by joining this group. Oh. That's so nice. We love having you, Joe. We do. We love having you, Joe. Thanks for being a great member. Um, And I, I will say... I've I've heard that from a few people too. I mean, you know, when we do our weekly welcome posts to all the new members, um, a lot of them comment and say like, "Oh, you know, I'm, I was so happy when someone told me this was a non toxic group and being able to join, and I feel like I can talk and like enjoy discussions without having to worry about someone like commenting and something nasty on what I'm saying." And I, it's it's a sentiment I hear a lot in our group, and I know Megan does too. A lot, and it's. It's really heartwarming because I know exactly what they mean. I, I like I just feel it in my soul. Yeah. So the next one is okay. This one's this one's a badass one too. The next mm. one is Linnaeus M. He says to quote Okoye, "We handle it by not handling it. The moment you engage a troll, they have already won." I love that. Uh, quoting Okoye too, just strong female presence. I I think that's incredible, and it's someone you definitely should look up to. She does not take. Shit anyone she's awesome my guy you won <laughs> that's the he best won, thing yeah. you could have said <laughs> they live on that like firing back they love to like spar with you they, they they just they love to shit on you so that you can fight back and give them someone to like play with like a little like, it's like a cat when they're like playing with one of those like little hanging toys those string toys they just love it they're just it's true the, the best thing you can do is just not engage because what's the what? point they're gonna keep doing it rather or regardless which I understand is so, so hard to do. I can't do it. I, I'm not that strong in myself that I can just see it and move on. So it's better sometimes just to, you know, ignore those things and just be the difference you want to see. Be outright about how you feel about something. If you enjoy it, then enjoy it. Don't let anybody get in the way of your enjoyment of something because life's too short. So I have one. I know I usually do three, but I have one that was honorable mention that was said today that like... Ah. I kind of like needed to say. So this is from Vin G. If you guys have seen him around the group, you know he is the kindest person that only is just so positive. And he always says the things I need to hear that day. So he says, I know I sound cheesy sometimes, but to me it's important to be a change that you want to see in the world and not allow the world to change you into something you don't want to be. Also, while doing that, it doesn't help being an asshole. <laughs> Yes, excellent. Yes. That's exactly what I just said. Awesome. Yes, how cool. I'm, I'm That's happy why to hear like, other people think the same thing. Yeah, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh my God, this is fate. Let's close out the episode on a positive note here. And yes, let's talk about please. the upcoming female-centric MCU projects. I mean, we've got Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, the Marvels. I'm sure I'm forgetting some. And I, I'm stoked. I'm really excited for a lot of these. I am too. I think the Marvels is going to change a lot of negative opinions. Like, I don't know what it is about it. I really think it is. It's just Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, Photon. They all look incredible together. And I think it's I think it's going to change a lot for the MCU for women. It's I think it's going to be great. 
And then there's Riri. I just am so excited for that show. I love Dominic Thorne. That's her name. I mm, love her as yes. Riri. She's she's incredible. God. And then she is. I I think that show's gonna be really cool. Just from all the rumors we've seen, like there has to be some mm-hmm. truth to something. And if even one of those rumors is true, it's gonna be wild. Like if Wiccan is there, that's Wanda's son, by the way. Uh-huh. If Wiccan is there, that'll be incredible. It's just, and Agatha is just such a cool character. Which one are you most excited for? Uh, well, let's see. I'm I'm most excited for really Agatha and the Marvels. I, you know, I loved talking about the Marvels. I thought that Monica Rambeau didn't get enough screen time in WandaVision, not like in a bad way, just like I wanted more. I feel like she, like there's so much to her character that is left to be explored. I mean, she just came into her powers like two seconds ago and now she's like headlining this movie and and the credit, yeah. the post-credit scene we see for WandaVision, she's like being recruited to space and it's like, you know, where does she rest? She's like, boom, 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 going from thing to thing. I just, I'm interested to see the connection between her and Carol Danvers because the last time we saw these two characters together, they're like close. They're, Carol is like an aunt to Monica. She calls her Auntie Carol. They have a very close bond. It seems like, you know, she grew up with Carol around until she disappeared. So I think that now that we see the perspective has changed from Monica's point of view to where she doesn't really view Captain Marvel, it seems like in the best light. I mean, when she's asked about Carol or, or hears people talking about her around her, she she interjects with like, oh, she's not all that kind of a, a kind of a, a vibe. Um, and then we see, <laughs> you know. Her going through that whole situation with her mother, Carol's nowhere to be found. So a lot of people have been theorizing that there's going to be like a lot of resentment issues there. And I kind of have to agree, but I really would like to see that play out. I want to see how Monica confronts Carol and I want to see how Miss Marvel plays into it. Because the ending of that show, which I loved Miss Marvel, the ending with Brie Larson making that cameo appearance left a lot of questions. Yeah, it really did. I, I, like, I knew it was coming because of the spoilers, but... Yeah, I I was really happy to see her. She looked good. She, she's so pretty. But so we we last see Captain Marvel with Monica. It's in the Captain Marvel movie for those who are who don't know. Mm-hmm. Monica's mother is best friends with Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and then her mm-hmm. mother passes away. So yeah, I definitely think there's going to be something there. There's going to definitely be a why couldn't you be there for my mom? My mom died. You weren't even there. You don't know my mom. You weren't you weren't there when she died. I know it's gonna be something like that, which like is really fair. That's like really fair. You're right. It is kind of fair. Yeah, I'd probably be the same way. But you're right. She, we didn't get to see enough of her because so much was happening in WandaVision. Anything else would have been way too much. So I'm really excited to see what she can do. I want to see the powers she has. I want to see how she handles them. And I'm really excited to see Kamala Khan meet her icon, Captain Marvel. Yeah, she's gonna freak. She's gonna be so wholesome. I she, everything about her character is wholesome. So I'm very, very excited to see all this. I I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 thrilled to see Agatha get her own show. I know a lot of people have been like, oh, does she need it? Does she not? I really loved Catherine Hahn's portrayal of. Agatha Harkness. Um, I love the buildup of her character. I feel like she's just so interesting. The way we left her in WandaVision where Wanda kind of like wipes her mind and puts her into that nosy neighbor role like indefinitely. I want to see how that gets undone. I know there's going to be a lot of magical elements in that show obviously because she's a witch. 
I know Elizabeth Olsen has been kind of like loosely teasing that she may be coming back for it, which I would freak out about because that would be just like, like the cherry on top. Um, I think Agatha is a badass. Um, I think that she has a lot of story to tell. Like a lot of her backstories could be so interesting to see. And a lot of like, how did you get to this point? kind of backstory would be great and one interesting thing that i noticed from seeing behind the scenes stuff and you know rumors leaks and and all that from ironheart was that there's going to be a magical element to that show which i find interesting because it kind of parallels the fact that she comes from such a technological background like how is she how is this going to happen i've seen the same thing going around i've seen the the most i've seen is the rumor that Mephi- uh, mephisto 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 I've never said it out loud Mephisto. until right now. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I've never actually said it out loud until this very moment. And you don't realize that until you say it. So I've heard that that uh, guy will make a cameo or he's in it somehow. It's involved. That's a rumor. Just a rumor. Nothing's confirmed. Uh-huh. Just so everyone knows. But I've heard that and I was like, that's weird. But then I heard that there's going to be a magical element. And I'm like, what are we talking about? Is this still about Ironheart? Because that doesn't make sense to me. She's a scientist. I'd really love to see that. Exactly. So it's interesting. I mean, clearly she she saw a lot when she was in Talokan. So it's like, let's see mm-hmm. how she reacts to now like magic. Yeah, because when you're in Wakanda, there isn't much magic. It's just the flowers mm-hmm. magic, right? So she really hasn't mm-hmm. seen much. She's just one just. Until Wakanda Forever, she was just a normal citizen that saw all the magic happen with the heroes. And she was, you know, probably like, mm, whatever, just another day. But then she, I'd, I'd really like to see how she handles it coming from a, a young scientist perspective. I, I'm very interested in that. I am too. Plus, she just couldn't do any wrong. She's just... Mm. Yeah, I mean, I loved Dominique Thorne in, in Black Panther. I thought she was fantastic. I can't wait to see where she goes. I think she has a bright future ahead of her. I think all of these ladies have a bright future ahead of them in this in this franchise, and, and I can't wait to see how these stories unfold. I'm I'm ready, and uh, I'm not okay. I'm I'm just not okay with the <laughs> anticipation's getting to me, Megan. I love when you say that because I just feel it so personally. <laughs> <laughs> And that's a wrap on Mediaverse Unwrapped. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, join our non-toxic Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow or subscribe to us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Our episodes are available early on Tuesdays exclusively to our Facebook group members and officially drop Wednesdays wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now. Bye, guys.